It can be one of the most threatening things we face in life. We encounter it every single day. We see it in our worlds. We see it in people. It even shows up in our lives. It's all around us. It happens to our bodies. It happens to our friends. We all must learn to cope with it. To what am I referring? Change. Change. We can no longer do the things we used to do. That's change. Just when we begin to think we have a clue about caring for a baby, she becomes a toddler. Just when we start to somewhat get our hands around parenting a preteen, they become teenagers. Things change. One day we wake up in a good mood. The next day we feel irritable and grouchy. We grow and we seek to better ourselves. That's change. Just because Ryan Hunter Ray won the Indy 500 last year doesn't mean he's going to win it again this year. Just because you're close to someone now doesn't mean you will be 15 years from now. Change happens. Number of hairs on your head the job you're presently enduring, your child who will soon be graduating, the church you're used to, it's all changing. And it can have a very bewildering effect on us, can it? I read about a department store that employed an efficiency expert, an efficiency expert. And this efficiency expert kept changing things around in the store. And so every day, departments were moved to new parts of the building as the expert tried out new ideas. After two weeks of this, an elderly lady approached one of the store workers. In an exasperated tone of voice, she complained she could no longer find the women's hats department and asked if he could please tell her where it was. And he said, no, madam, I can't. But uh, if you just stand there for a moment, I'm sure you'll see it go right by. (laughs) We all struggle to cope with change. We don't like it. Is there anything we can hold on to in our changing world? Are you looking for something unchanging and stable? Do you want to enjoy some consistency and constancy in your life? Well, that leads us to our passage this morning. And in speaking of change, I changed directions for this week from looking at the book of Psalms to the book of Hebrews. If you've been with us, you know over the last several weeks we've been looking at the book of Psalms and and that theme that God is greater than whatever real problem you want to fill in that blank, God is greater than that. God is greater than whatever problem we encounter in life. Well, that that study in the book of Psalms was intentionally chosen in preparation for where we are today in the life of this church. I even chose a certain psalm for this morning that I thought would be appropriate, then reconsidered my choice, change. As the letters of my leaving went out this past week, it was Hebrews 13 that stuck in my mind. 
knowing that such an announcement would be of surprise to many and could possibly just just trigger all kinds of emotions, it was clear to me that I needed to go in a different direction than what I previously thought. And changing times that you and I are both experiencing, and for different reasons perhaps, there's one constant that holds us together. And while I realize that the news of my departure is disruptive on some level to you, it is also true that for me and my family, there is a disruption to the routines of our lives that we have known for nearly six years. All I'm saying is we have this in common. Change is upon all of us. Those changes should not be minimized on either front. So it's crucial that as we leave this, that I want want us to leave this morning with some rock-solid confidence. That no matter the circumstances of our lives, Jesus is always the same. I want you to take that simple truth home with you for this week. I invite you to look with me at the book of Hebrews Chapter 13. If you're not there, please turn there to Hebrews chapter 13. And as you're turning there, just let me give you a little background of the entire book. We're not going to go through all of this, but if we were making our way through the book of Hebrews, I think it's important for our context this morning. If we were looking and working our way through the book of Hebrews, we would see the theme that runs through the book is that Jesus is superior to everything else. The theme, it really is akin to what we've been studying in the book of Psalms. God is greater than. Jesus is superior to fill in the blank. And the writer of Hebrews here goes to great lengths to show that Jesus is greater than the law. That Jesus is greater than the angels. That Jesus is greater than any earthly priest. That Jesus is greater than the sacrifices of ancient times that had to be repeated. That Jesus is greater than any of his servants. The servant Moses is mentioned in the book of Hebrews. He's greater than that. It isn't until we come to chapters 12 and 13 of of this book of Hebrews that it becomes real evident what Christ's superiority is means to our lives. These last two chapters of this lengthy book pile one exhortation on another, one exhortation upon another, chapters 12, chapter 13. In chapter 13 alone, there are 10 exhortations. And what we find sandwiched between these exhortations in chapter 12 and in chapter 13 is a singular yet powerful statement about our one constant in life. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Verse 8. It says, Hebrews 13, verse 8. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. The concluding exhortations found here in Hebrews chapter 13 are built upon the foundation that Jesus Christ is our only hope. He is our only one constant. And the better we know him, the better we know him as the unchanging Christ, 
the more we will be able to trust him and hold on to him for stability and strength when everything around us is changing. Let me say that again. I'll even shorten it because I want us to remember this one. It's really the main thought for this morning. The better we know him as the unchanging Christ, the more we'll be able to trust him when everything around us is changing. The better we know him as the unchanging Christ, the more we'll be able to trust him when everything around us is changing. That's going to be our focus this morning from that one verse, really. Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Let's unpack that a little bit, that one verse. First of all, Jesus Christ is the same. Jesus Christ is the same. Now, I remind you that Jesus' sameness is the sameness of God. Hebrews 1, verse 8 says of Christ, Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. And verse 12 of that same chapter, it says of Jesus, You remain the same, and your years will never end. So when we speak of Jesus being the same, it is to look at the changelessness of God throughout history. Now, what does it mean for Jesus to be the same. Well, let me first suggest what it doesn't mean. Jesus' sameness doesn't mean that he is flat emotionally. He can weep with you, and he can rejoice over you with singing. He is not frozen and static. As a matter of fact, he may choose to respond to differing situations in different ways. But he's not fickle. He will never act out of character. His love never changes. The sameness of Christ could be wrapped up in one word, really, the word consistency. Consistency. Consistency has been called a jewel. Another called it an anchor of iron. Consistency. Consistency really is what we're looking for in other people, is it not? Consistency. Consistency is what keeps us hanging in there through the ups and downs of life. Consistency is what's needed by parents in the home. It's been said that consistency is the stuff most moms are made of when their little ones get sick. But you know what? Even moms need a break. I saw this cartoon that showed this two-year-old freckled-faced boy in the hallway. His pajamas are unsnapped. I think you can picture this. His pajamas are unsnapped. His diaper is sagging. And he's got a little teddy bear kind of dangling in his hands. He's standing in front of his mother and, and father's bedroom door, which is shut. On the door is a little sign written by a weary mother. It says, closed for business, motherhood out of order. <laughs> I love that. You know the feeling, don't you? Listen, Christ never grows weary. He never tires of you. You won't catch him in a bad mood. He won't say, you're too much for me. I need a break. He will welcome you time and time and time again. As you go to him with your weaknesses and your needs, he will not receive you one time and, and snap at you the next. 
He will not be sympathetic on one occasion and be disinterested at other times. He is absolutely consistent in his character. Jesus Christ is always the same. We wouldn't want him to change. If he could change, it would only be for the worse because he's perfect. He cannot be any more loving or any more powerful or gain any more knowledge. A God who changes would not be worth knowing. You couldn't trust him with your life. But the one who moves and acts is absolutely consistent in his character. You may need to know that this morning. Maybe as a reminder. You may be here today feeling as though God is acting differently towards you right now than before. You may be fearing that that God somehow is disinterested in what's going on in your life, that he's not caring for you, that something has changed with God. Listen to what it says in James chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. It says, Do not be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. The better we know him as the unchanging Christ, the more we're able to trust him when everything around us is changing. Jesus Christ is the same. Second thing to note here is Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. He's the same yesterday. Yesterday, as a member of the Trinity, he parted the Red Sea so that people could pass through safely. Yesterday, he showed up in the lion's den with Daniel who put his faith on the line. Yesterday, he gently encouraged a depressed prophet named Elijah. He loved a straying nation. Yesterday, he comforted weeping believers, and he responded to the needs of his people. He has shown us that he can be trusted by what we've seen from him from yesterday. Now, what is also significant about yesterday is that what we know of Christ is seen in the historical record of his life. Yesterday is when Jesus showed us in history what he's really like. Yesterday, he walked with his disciples consistently loving loving them through their rough edges, and they had their rough edges. Yesterday, he washed his disciples' feet. Yesterday, he drove out the money changers from the temple because they, they, they had to turn God's house into a religious circus. Yesterday, he wept over his people rejecting him. Yesterday, he wept at Lazarus' grave as he witnessed the the consequences of sin. Yesterday, he saw the multitudes and he was gripped with compassion. He provided life words to the the woman at the well, acceptance to the woman with an ugly past. He was so approachable that little children and lepers and thieves and outcasts and people from all walks of life genuinely sought him out, and he did not turn one of them away. God has made himself known in the person of Jesus Christ, and we get to know him how? In the book that records his life and work from yesterday. Now, why do I stress this? Because we cannot... We cannot know Christ by skipping the historical self-revelation of Christ and substituting other teaching that scratches our itch for something new and interesting. It's only through here, as we see how Jesus revealed himself, do we know him. 
The very next verse, if you look there in Hebrews 13, and very interesting, in the, next, in the same section of Scripture, verse 9. Notice what verse 9 says. After speaking of Jesus Christ being the same, it says, verse 9, do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. Now, why is that place there? Because we are prone to that. Loved ones, please keep your appetite for something new in check. Watch your life, believer, that you're not carried away by popular, those strange teachings. There's a lot out there. Our Christian life is wrapped up in the historical Jesus who gave his life for us on the cross, this same Jesus rose from the dead and is exalted as head of the church, as the CEO of our lives. We know Christ. We commune with Christ through the word of God about him from yesterday. We're not in need of any new teaching. We're not. Jesus Christ is the same. Jesus Christ the same yesterday. There's a third thing to notice about this one verse of Scripture. Jesus Christ is the same today. Today. Now, it's right here where the changelessness of Christ begins to touch our lives in a powerful way. His work is not at all left to the past. He's not just something that he's done in the past. Today, God is at work in our lives Today, we have fellowship with him. We can relate to him as a person. He is the same today. The writer to the Hebrews, back in chapter and verse 5 here of chapter 13, he quotes the Old Testament. You'll notice it's indented in the NIV. It says, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The promise to the Old Testament believers of the past is a reality for our life today. He's not just a God of yesterday. He's not just a God who used to work powerfully yesterday. He is the same today. I mean, if Joseph can thrive spiritually in the midst of his family dysfunctions, in his horrendous past, should we settle for less? God is the same. If Hannah, who suffered in deep bitterness of soul, can believe that God can handle her sorrow and do the impossible, can he do the same for us today? If 11 fearful, imperfect followers of Jesus Christ were transformed into bold passionate witnesses for Christ, shouldn't he be able to do that transformation in us today? Yes, yes, he can. He wants to. The writers to New Testament believers called the church to be countercultural. Doesn't the same God call us to that today? Jesus Christ is the same today and forever. God, who was present and working in the past, is present and working in our lives today. He is our one constant. Get this. God is with you all the time, working in your life. There's not a time he's not. There's never a moment of your existence that he's not right there with you. His being with you is a good thing. It's a very good thing. 
I'm reminded of an elderly man who lay in a hospital with his wife of 55 years sitting at his bedside. He turns to her and he says, Is that you, Ethel, at my side again? He whispered. Ethel answered, Yes, dear. He softly said to her, Remember years ago when I was in the veterans hospital, you were with me then. Yes, I was, Ethel answered. And remember when we, we, we lost everything in the fire, Ethel, you, you were with me then. Yes, I was, Ethel repeated. And Ethel, when we were poor and, and, we, and, we, and we didn't have any money and we lost all our money, you were with me then. Yes, yes, I was. The man sighed and said, I tell you, Ethel, you're bad luck. <laughs> As you go... As we go through this time of change and transition, listen, his presence is with us, and that is a good thing. It is a wonderful thing. It is what we need in our lives. As you face that magnetic temptation, trying to pull you away from God's vision for you, his touch still has ancient power in the present as he works in your life. He is always present. He is always interceding. He is always sustaining, always strengthening, always right beside you. That is a wonderful thing, and we need to be mindful of that. No matter the circumstances, God will walk through them with you. Because Jesus Christ is the same today. He's for you today. He comes to you today, and he says, let's do life together. And so as you go through that painful time in your life, whatever that might be, his consistent character shows up. When you go through what you're going through now as a church and the transition of that, Jesus Christ is the same. What was true about him yesterday is true about him today. And the better we know him as the unchanging Christ, the better we are able to hold on to him because he's the only one worth holding on to for stability in a changing world. Because none of us like change. It's changing all around us. Hold on to Christ. Only one worth it. Hold on to Christ. I must. You must. We all must. Interestingly, that in this Hebrews passage, where it speaks of Christ being the same, he gives his exhortation in verse 5. He says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. I go, that's interesting. That's placed here in this context. Why is it mentioned just a few verses away from speaking of Christ's sameness, of, of, of our security in him, that he is our helper, that he'll never forsake us, never leave us? I think it has everything to do with this matter of security. See, one of the greatest myths today is that money brings us security. Just look around us. There is more money in this country than ever before. Yet we are the most discontented people this world has ever seen. I read a report from a New York Times magazine that provided some statistics for the self-storage business in this country. And they reported that 50% of storage renters store stuff that wouldn't fit into their homes, even though the size of the average home has doubled in the last 50 years. They also reported, and this is what I really found interesting, they also reported the United States has 2.6 billion square feet of self-storage. 
That's more than seven square feet for every man, woman, and child. You see, it's now physically possible that every American could stand all at the same time under the total canopy of self-storage roofing. We pay people to store our stuff. Are we happy yet? (laughs) My point now is not to get on you if you have a self-storage place. Okay, relax. Relax. Just an illustration to make a point that all this stuff doesn't make us any more secure and happy. The Stoic philosopher Epictetus put it, contentment comes not so much from great wealth as from few wants. I ask, are you struggling with contentment? As we talk about the sameness of Christ, if you're struggling with contentment, there's a connection here. I mean, you're trying to find your contentment, your satisfaction, things that change and move. The key to contentment, according to these verses, is based on a rock-solid confidence that the Lord is my helper. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. I don't have to be afraid if all my money were taken away because He is enough. And the more we find Him to be our all and all, the result will be profound contentment in Him without the love of money or the desire for all the stuff and all the things that we want more than we should. And loved ones, a real danger in the evangelical church today is consumerism. It's killing us. Not just all over the place. Not just, not just stuff, but me, me. And so instead of looking to Christ for satisfaction, we keep searching for it in all the wrong places. I find myself doing that. John Ortberg talks about buying your kid a Happy Meal at McDonald's. He says the problem with a Happy Meal is that the happy wears off and the kids need a new fix. No child discovers lasting happiness in just one. Remember that Happy Meal? What great joy I found there. No kid says that. Happy Meal brings happiness only to McDonald's. John Orberg says, you ever wonder why Ronald McDonald wears that grin? 20 billion Happy Meals, that's why. But he then says this, when you get older, you don't get smarter. Your Happy Meals just get more expensive. Ouch. What's your Happy Meal? I would be happy if. Many try and find it in stuff. Many try and find it in a relationship. Many try and find it in their jobs. Many try and find it even in the church. In churches around the country, people file into the morning worship looking for that happy meal fix. The result is what? Instability, discontentment, and perpetual restlessness. It's not where we find it. The sameness of Christ is the only place we can find true contentment and security. And what was satisfying about Christ yesterday is what is satisfying about him today. Our security comes from him. It comes from believing in God's help in life that you can count on today and forever. 
That leads to the fourth thing I'm going to note just briefly here, that Jesus Christ is not only the same, and not only the same yesterday, not only the same today, he's the same forever. 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 I need that to sink in. I live for temporary, for today, forever. The very pertinent word. We will increasingly know and enjoy him forever and ever. Just think the difference it would make in our decision-making, in our responses to changing circumstances, and the way we prioritize our lives if we lived with forever in mind, with eternity in view. Think about having an eternity perspective would enable us to live for something bigger than ourselves. Because the Christ who is forever should shape what we think about the here and now. That same Christ that we serve now is the same Christ we will be with for all of eternity. And everything we live for here that matched up with his values will be forever enjoyed. What isn't, won't be. Forever. Knowing that Christ is the same today and forever means that every single promise given to you on this side of forever is guaranteed when you're finally home. So as we're dealing with changes in our life, things that we don't necessarily like, as we're dealing with changes in circumstances that are just hard We find ourselves maybe wanting to complain about what we can see. The forever God invites us to look inside with the look instead with the eyes of faith at his unstoppable plan that marches on. Because that continues. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so as you stand in the present, look at life from the perspective of forever. Much of what is disappointing here will only make sense on the other side. And since we believe that this Jesus we serve in the present is the same forever, it doesn't really make sense to live as if today is all we have. It doesn't make sense, really, to spend your life chasing what is ultimately going to pass away. Forever is a reality. Are you living, am I living, with forever in view? Paul Tripp, in his excellent book, Forever, says this. Once you believe in forever and live with forever in view, not only will you understand things you have never understood before, but you will live, get this, you will live in a radically different way than you did before. Know what this is saying? We live with forever in view. We can't stay the same. It means, it means we should strive for greater consistency in our lives to go hard after Jesus Christ because we have forever in view, not just this life. He is our one constant. Since he is our one constant, what is our response? We should follow him how? Consistently. Consistently. And following him consistently doesn't mean staying right where we are and never growing. That's not what it means. On the contrary, following him consistently means we're growing all the time. We're changing. 
We should be growing in our walk with him and not staying the same. And sadly, some would prefer to stay miserable in the predictable. See it all the time. Stay miserable in the predictable and keep things the way they are than to move out of the comfortable to something better. I'm reminded of what takes place uh, in lobsters, one of my favorite food groups. From time to time, lobsters have to leave their shells in order to grow. They need the shell to protect them from being torn apart. Yet when they grow, the old shell must be abandoned. And if they did not abandon the old shell, that old shell would soon become their prison and finally their casket. And so the tricky part for the lobster is that brief period of time between when the old shell is discarded and the new one is formed. Because during that terribly vulnerable period, you feel vulnerable right now? That terribly vulnerable period, that transition has to be scary to lobsters. Currents gleefully cartwheel them from coral to kelp. Hungry schools of fish are ready to make them part of their food chain. And for a while at least, that old shell must look pretty good. Yet they must leave their old shells behind in order to grow. We're no different. To change and grow... We must sometimes shed our shells, structures, frameworks, things that we've depended upon. Because discipleship means being so committed to Christ, so convinced of his unchanging nature, that we will risk, we will change, we will grow, and we will leave our shells behind. Because if we don't, they're going to be our prison. Do we feel vulnerable when we do? Absolutely. Why not? Why not? Go all out for him when we can trust him to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why not? He is our one constant. We can trust in him. Loved ones, go all out with forever in view. Go all out. Risk change. Go after it. Why? He's our constant. He's the same. Lloyd Douglas author of the book, The Robe, tells of his experience while attending college. And he lived in a, in a boarding house, and, and in that house was a retired wheelchair-bound music professor who lived on the first floor of this boarding house. And each, mo- each morning, Lloyd Douglas, would, would, the student, would, would go down and, and, and stick his head in the door of the professor's apartment room, and he asked the same question to this prof every single time, this music prof. He'd say, what's the good news? And the old professor would pick up his tuning fork, tap it on the side of his wheelchair, and say, that's middle C. That's middle C. It was middle C yesterday. It will be middle C tomorrow. It will be middle C a thousand years from now. The professor would continue. The piano across the hall is out of tune. The tenor upstairs sings flat. But my friend, that is middle C. Life changes. Not easy. There will be troubles, 
be disappointments, sadness, confusion, outlook on life, not just what's happening here, but for other reasons may not look so good right now, might be bleak for you. God is your middle sea. Are you at a crossroad right now? Are you facing a pressing decision? Are you secretly crying, I want out? Are you feeling the effects, perhaps, of someone else's sinful choices? Are you losing your grip to the enemy? Is fear overwhelming you? You need to remember that God is your middle sea in the midst of life's changes and adversity. God is our middle sea. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today. And forever. We can trust him. Let's pray. God, help us to trust you, not in things we see with our eyes. You tell us to walk by faith, not sight. Tough to do. Not minimizing anything, Lord, you know that. We're all dealing with change on some level here. We don't like, we have to leave the old shell behind. Feel vulnerable. Yet we know in the midst of that, we grow, we change, because you're the same. And you'll see us through it. We can trust you every single moment of every day. And as we put our trust in you, we see that you, that we can trust you more. Builds confidence in us. Your beautiful, wonderful track record of, of trustworthiness. So may we cling to you, our unchanging Christ, in the midst of changing times. For your glory and honor we can do it, and by your enablement, I pray in Jesus' name, amen.